What's better than a Red Bull from Racetrack to get you going? How about two Red Bulls? Oh, and to make it even better, let's throw in another can for free. You heard that right. When you buy two 12-ounce Red Bulls, you can get another for free. Free Red Bull gets you going. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. We should put that on a bumper sticker or something. Racetrack, whatever gets you going. Select sizes. See store for details. So we could let Bill WD-40 in so he can lube us up for tonight's show. You're going to see him pop in right about there. And uh, let's see, who else we got? Amber's Paraworld, nice to have you back. Bellenium, Maggie M10, good to see you. Hi, Nikki in Seattle. And who else do we have here? Kaiju, been a while, good to have you here. Barbary Lions, welcome to SOR Chat. Adam Lakatos, Larry Compton, welcome back. And uh, we got about 40 seconds here. See if we can get her done. Uh, West Coast Dogman Project, welcome back. Jeff Steve Garvey, he'll hit a home run for you. And uh, let's see, Mr. Cowley, welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced out radio. There's my ladies from Beyond the Haunting. I'm giving you a wave right here. That's strictly for you, ladies. Love you. Love you lots there, Leanne. GF, 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 G. Welcome back. Digger Dog, good to see you. We got 10 seconds. Susan B., nice to have you back. Uh, Hi, Bill WD-40. And Markham. Here we go, everyone. Let's get those horns up. Let's rock this joint. Let's go. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. I'm welcoming you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot read the news wire check out our swag as well tonight's show is brought to you by chive charities help make the world 10 percent happier by visiting chive charities today you can find them on our website Looks like we're having a technical issue here tonight, as it seems like my microphone seems to have gone down, and I'm not sure why. Not sure why nobody is hearing me. (sighs) I don't know what's going on. I really don't. Apparently, they cannot hear us on YouTube, which is not going to be good, but you can hear us on the radio side which is okay. So we're going to play this up. Jody Cook is our guest tonight, and uh, we're going to get to him here momentarily. And then in hour number three, we are going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller will be with us on a great, great night of radio. Yeah, that's what we do. And then Super Duke is coming in. 
Super Duke is coming in, and we are having a great night with him on the Short Encrypted Report. It's Dave 101 night, and we'll get to some news as well. Jody Cook is a retired U.S. Army and Iraqi war veteran. He is one of the most active dogmen and Bigfoot researchers in the state of Ohio. Originally, he was a member of the Cincinnati UFO Research Group, ASK, but realized that his interests were more in the field of cryptozoology. Jody has been studying the dogman and Bigfoot phenomena since 1991. He's the author of several books. He's also founded the North American Dogman Project, Cryptid Seekers, as well as the Ohio Center for Bigfoot Studies. This man has been there, done that, and there isn't much that scares him. But it was really, really cool. Really, really cool because over the years, our good friend Jody has become a very good friend of Spaced Out Radio. So we're always glad to have him on the show. Jody Cook, welcome back to Spaced Out Radio, my friend. How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I am great. And, you know, we got a lot of people out there who are probably wondering, what the hell is a dog man? You know, like, what? what is this all about? You know, you're, you're somebody who has seen a lot in your life. You're a combat veteran. Thank you so much for your service, mm-hmm. my friend. Uh, we thank you. We really do uh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. But you have also been out in the forests of North America chasing down these monsters that are not supposed to exist. How did you get interested in being a monster hunter? Oh, it was something I've always interested as a kid i think it was the, probably the first time is when i saw the legend of boggy creek you know as a child uh that really scared the crap out of me and it, it was something i always wanted to do was you know look for monsters and it, i've always loved um watching all the old monster shows and things like that and it's just something that stuck with me and you know, actually, when you read my bio, where it was actually posted uh, nineteen, well, eighty-one, not ninety-one. There was a misprint there <clears throat> when I was writing my bio out. Um, but it's it was just something I always wanted to do. And even in high school, uh, I would go out looking, you know, for Bigfoot and different other uh, cryptids. Because here in uh, Cincinnati area where I live, we had the London or the uh, Loveland Frog, and that was one of the big things I did go to little Miami river and was always looking around there for the Loveland frog man. Cause that was one of the biggest legends that was going around at the time. Right. I mean, so, yeah. so you started looking for these monsters at a young age and did you ever think mm-hmm. you would have the experience of actually encountering them? No, you know, uh, my whole thing is when I, when I started out, I was just satisfied enough to see one. Okay. Um, and, and just be to tell myself, you know, they do exist because, you know, back in the, you know, the seventies and the eighties, when you talk about monsters and things like that, people were thinking that, you know, oh, that's crazy. Cause it, it, it was the big UFO, you know, flap was going on, you know, in the early, um, you know, 80s, and that was like the biggest thing. Monsters was like one of the things that was far out from everybody. Bigfoot, you know, a lot of people knew about Bigfoot because of the Patterson film and, you know, some of the flaps that were going around the country at the time. And it was interesting. And I was collecting newspaper articles, you know, all about this stuff, reading as much as I can about the subject. And I knew in my heart, if I did everything I wanted to do right, 
when it goes to investigating, you know, I'll find the truth. And, you know, you're young when you're thinking this, you know, I'll find the truth. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just something that, that I fell into and, and was able to, you know, fulfill goals, you know, doing it. What did your family say when you told them you wanted to become a monster hunter? <laughs> you know, it, it, court, you, you know, you, you know, your, your mom, you know, is like, oh yeah, you know, you're going to find it, honey. I know. I know. Just be careful when you go out. <laughs> you, you know how moms are, you know, dad's dad's like, you know, all right, you know, just don't fall in the water. <laughs> you, know, type, you know, don't fall in the water, you know, don't bring something home. You're not supposed to bring home <laughs> oh. you know, things like that. You know, brothers and sisters, they, they kind of laugh at you. You know, now, you know, uh, my brothers and, you know, sisters, they, they think it's cool. You know, my, my daughters, you know, they think it's cool. They, you know, tell their dads, you know, or their friends that, you know, their dad does this and, you know, they think it's, it's a neat thing. You know, my dad absolutely doesn't even want to hear it. He, he doesn't like these subjects. So he just gives me the old eye roll, right? Uh, You know, so you're, you're pretty lucky, man. If you're, if you're getting acceptance over this. Well, you know, my, my childhood, I, I had, I had a good childhood, you know, I, you know, I came from a Christian family. Um, my father was Episcopalian minister. Okay. My mother was Irish Catholic when they met and <clears throat> my dad's side of the family, you know, cause they're all either ministers or, you know, his sisters are married to ministers. And it's like, you know, you're marrying a Catholic, you know, <laughs> these are the people that put Christ on the cross, you know, <laughs> and stuff. And, you know, my dad's like, you know, yeah, whatever. And <clears throat> I have, <clears throat> you know, there were six of us and, you know, my, my mother was like, uh, you know, uh, the, the twins are going to become Catholic. So I had the best of both worlds, you know, growing up, but my dad, his whole ideal on, you know, the existence of monsters and things like that, he really believed in it. You know, he didn't think that, you know, these things were just apparitions or anything. He, you know, being religious, it's like, you know, these, these, you know, could be demons, you know, they could be, you know, something, a horrible thing of God's creation or something like that. So he had a really good, you know, view and opinions on it where it supported me on what I wanted to do. You know, it's not like, you know, with him being a, you know, a minister and stuff that, you know, he, it was, it was, you know, taboo or, you know, something like that. Stay away from that stuff. He was, he was very cool about it. You know, my mom was very open about it too. You know, because, you know, my, my parents were very supportive of what we wanted to do. Now, my mom was not supportive about me going in the military uh, because, boy, she went down to the recruiting station and she, she gave them hell, you know, for uh, signing her little baby up to join the army. She wasn't happy about that. So. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, my. Yeah. How, how come? Uh, you know, my my. You know, my mom was, you know, right off the boat, you know, from Ireland and stuff. And, you know, her family, um, her her parents were killed 
when she was young and her whole family got put into an orphanage. And this is right around, you know, like the 1930s and stuff. And all the Second World War broke out and all of her brothers left the orphanage to go fight. So, and here she is, you know, left in the orphanage as a child because her brothers left, you know, to go fight the war. And they came back and, you know, when you, when you're in combat, you're, you are, you're, you're not the same human being you were when you left, you know, you're not the same person. And she saw that with her, her brothers and, and she's like, this is not going to happen to my child. You know, because every every parent you know thinks as soon as they, your kid goes into the military, a war is going to break out. You know, because my my brother got drafted for Vietnam. So, but you know, to get back on subject, you know, my parents were very open, you know, about what I was doing and very supportive about what I was doing. Well, that's good. That's good. So, how did you? What led you down the path? of finding dog man because usually for a lot of people it starts with sasquatch it, it did actually start with sasquatch with me it, it how how everything began is i i found a local ufo group okay because i was really into you know ufos at the time and there weren't any bigfoot group i could find whatsoever and this is like way before the internet came out and so forth so I joined this UFO group and we did um, a live television show every first Wednesday of every month on public access TV. Okay. And that's where everybody was doing, doing stuff. And uh, so it ran for probably, um, it ran for 10 years, I believe. I wasn't there for all 10 years, but it ran for about 10 years. But we were getting people who were coming on the show talking about your UFO experience, talking about different cryptids and things. And I was like, you know, this, this Bigfoot subject sounds really interesting. You know, it's something I might want to look into, but still stay with the group, but, you know, go off and do the Bigfoot stuff. And then we start getting more and more reports all around the state of Ohio. Cause I basically stayed in Ohio and just the amount of reports I was getting and talking to people, you know, there was definitely something there, definitely something to it. And, you know, I started to expand out a little bit because when you think about Bigfoot, you only thought it was in the Pacific Northwest and that was it. You never thought it was anywhere else, but, you know, people are talking about what they're seeing. Then you're talking with police officers and, you know, people uh, in, in very high positions, you know, in, in local and state government that seen these things and they're telling you what's going on. So it was, it was fascinating. I mean, I still have all my files and paperwork and everything going all the way back to the eighties. I just sent a lot of it off to a guy up in Pennsylvania uh, that has a huge library that copied just about everything I had just to put into the library for archives on uh, Bigfoot UFOs and, you know, Dogman. And I just had a really good time doing it. And as you know, the Bigfoot field, the Bigfoot field got very political not politics political, but inside political. And things were breaking off into different cliques. If you didn't have the right last name, you weren't doing a conference. And, you know, they didn't want to listen to anybody else. They had something to say. 
because, you know, you didn't have the right name or the right connection or something like that. And people are just getting really tired of it. And I'm like, man, I, it's so political and, and so, you know, I can't think of the right word to say, but it was just so crazy. You know, no one's communicating with it. No one wanted to talk to anyone because it was a, it was like a click. And then this new subject starts popping up, Dogman. People are seeing this Dogman thing in Wisconsin and in Michigan. And I found that, like, really interesting because I heard a story about it in Ohio. And I start looking into it, and, man, I mean, it was like a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, literally breath of fresh air. Just this find something and I got more excited doing the dogman stuff than I did the Bigfoot stuff or even the UFO stuff. Really? You know, because this, yes. I mean, it was just, it, because, you know, when people think of like dogman, they think of like werewolves, something from the movie, the howling and things. And these are what nightmares are made of, you know? And, and these are things that are, are, are real to people. You know, it, it's like um, you can you can think about a Bigfoot chasing you or coming at you and probably just after you run far away, he's going to run away. But, you know, deep in your mind, this thing's going to it's going to stay with you. It's going to stay until it gets you. It's the thing that's under the bed. It's the thing that's lurking outside your window. You know, that's that's what people think about when they think about dogman or had a counter or, or something close to it. It, it. It's, it's, it's a personal feeling that people get because of this thing. There's something supernatural about it that just draws you in, but yet puts the hair on the back of your head up. For people who may not know, because Jody, you know, as our show grows around North America, we always have new listeners tuning in. For people who may not know, what is a dogman? Well, you know, the, here, here's the thing. No one really knows what one is. You know, Linda Goffrey had the best theory of what it is. It's a canine species that exists that is capable of walking on two legs and mimicking a wolf and also mimicking characteristics of human movement. It's just some type of canine that was always there, but it was never seen. It was never discovered. It was seen not much, but heard more. I mean, do you kind of see what I'm saying? It was just one of these like hidden animals out there that was just discovered, but you, it was always there, but no one knew about it, but it existed. It, it's a whole different species of canine. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, that, that was like her theory and, and that is probably the best theory I can even possibly think of. Um, it, it's, it's not a full blooded canine type entity like we would think a wolf or a dog would be this thing is capable of going from all fours and running on two legs it's 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 arms its hands 
are not your typical canine features because they, you know, people talk about hands having somewhat fingers, either four with some type of, you know, moving thumb to it, but yet it's able to run like Paul's while it's on the ground. So that's what some, you know, people say they see when they see this thing. Now, the encounter that I had, that was, the, the hand, the, for the paw was, was more of a hand, like a human hand, than it was a canine. So there are different characteristics of these things. But this is just something what people believe is, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, It's definitely something other than a domestic wolf or a domestic dog. It's a it's an entity of its own that has always been here. That's the best way I can explain it. I mean, you know, you have other ways you can sit there and think about it, but you have to look at the, the most logical view of what this thing could be. It's a it's a creature that, in my opinion, comes out of nightmares, Jody. It really does. Yeah, exactly. That's that's you know that's. And I use the go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. I use the phrase. It's it's the thing that goes bump in the night, but it bites. And you know, when you think about like fantasy creatures like dragons and fairies and things, you know. Similar to that, the the dogman werewolf kind of falls within that realm. It's just something that's you know dragons and things you know and so forth. It kind of falls within that realm, but it is definitely something that's in your nightmares because you know this thing can get you. Is it is it something that it wants to get you though? You know I. I <laughs> We deal with a lot of different. um... What's better than a Red Bull from Racetrack to get you going? How about two Red Bulls? Oh, and to make it even better, let's throw in another can for free. You heard that right. When you buy two 12-ounce Red Bulls, you can get another for free. Free Red Bull gets you going. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. We should put that on a bumper sticker or something. Racetrack, whatever gets you going. Select sizes. See store for details. With the rewards from my free Keesler Federal checking account, it's like I'm getting paid to dine out. Did I mention it's free? Keesler Federal Credit Union. Helping our members live extraordinary. Reports coming in. You know, flesh and blood, supernatural, uh, extraterrestrial when dealing with it. We've had people that has had encounters where they have spoken with them telepathy. Okay. And when people encounter them and they see them, they get the feeling that this thing is going to get me or this thing is letting me know that it sees me and I need to go. It's it's a, it's a feeling that they're getting. Is it a vibe or something they're picking up from them? It, it, it could be, 
but if you know if one wanted to get you it's going to get you you know we 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 hear about all these different people being attacked by dogs and being completely ripped apart by dogs and I've, i've got several autopsies from some of these attacks and when you sit there and read them there's just no way a domestic dog could be doing what they're doing to these people. And, you know, people know that. And that's that's the kind of thing they get in their head. That could happen to me. We got just under 90 seconds here. You know, do, do we know if anybody has ever been killed by a dog man? I, on record, officially killed by dog man, no. There, there's, there's nothing. There's stories like the, uh, the legend of land between the lakes and a couple other um, areas around. But like I said, we have all these different reports of all these people. There have been bodies been mutilated by what they say were dog attacks. And like I said, I have autopsies, you know, about some of these. And and the thing that I find really fascinating is when you're reading them, you can tell that the coroner is trying his best to justify what he's saying because he knows it's BS. That's a great place to leave it. Nice power close to this half hour. Jody Cook from the North American Dogman Project. This is uh, Jody comes on a couple of times a year to talk about all things cryptid and supernatural here. When we return on Spaced Out Radio, we're going to find out whether or not Jody believes there's something supernatural to the Dogman encounters that we are encountering here in North America and around the world. You can check them on out. Just Google them anywhere. Go to North American Dogman Project. It is the best group that is out there. I think it's the only one. I could not be sure, but I think it's the only one and well worth your time in checking it on out because they're always looking for fellow investigators. More Dogman Talk, Bipedal Canines on Spaced Out Radio next. So, Jody, just as a reminder, now that we've gone to commercial break, our YouTube audience and our podcast audience can still hear us. Our terrestrial audience cannot. Okay. So I say, if you got private stuff to say, now is not the time to say it. Oh. Who's joining Catherine uh. Jones in Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st? Who is joining her? Hmm? Who is joining her? I'm going to go. Catherine, I'm going. I will be there with you. I will be there. We're having our second annual fan party in Las Vegas mm-hmm. that weekend. Oh, my knees, my knees, my knees. <laughs> hey, I, I forgot to check this out. Look at this, man. I don't know if you can I see. saw that. I, I was, yeah, I was looking at that. Yeah. That my, nice. Uh, one of my listeners, the Michael Leger, he actually carved that for me. He carved this gnome here, too, for me. And I just got this in the mail the other day. And uh, I'm not wearing a black turban. This is my ball cap wearing backwards, man. <laughs> I, I got, I'll, 
I'll, I'll make you something to send back there. I'm, I'm working, um, uh, I'm working on this uh, werewolf head, and uh, it, it's it's going to look neat when when it's done. But I'll I'll send it to you so you can put it up there on your show. Oh yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah, that's good stuff. That is very good stuff. And uh, anyways, uh, let me get back to where I need to go here. But uh, yeah, so I got that. I actually four of us, including my son, had a um, had a Sasquatch encounter back in October. We figure he was about a ten footer. Mm-hmm. We had the whole torso, shoulders, head at about nine thirty nine nine thirty at night. Uh, on the night before a full moon, forest was lit right up by moonlight. And uh, we don't know how he left, but we sure know that he was there. I, I was there in um, British Columbia looking for Bigfoot. That, you know, one time. And, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting place, you know, to go. You know, if you want to look for Bigfoot, uh, you know, there in Vancouver, you know, I, I mean, I, lo- I loved it there. I mean, I love being out into the, I mean, the woods in, in, in Canada, for some reason, they're different <laughs> from the woods in the United States. Right. You know, I mean, they're just something completely different. I mean, you guys have like, you know, I, I guess maybe more mountains and stuff that we have. But uh, it, it, it it's it's beautiful, right? Okay. Uh, can you guys hear me on YouTube? By the way, can you hear me on YouTube? I wonder if I chose the wrong. I'm just gonna wait one second here, buddy. I and no, yes, yes, they can. You can hear me. Okay. So let's try something here for a quick second. Uh, do you hear this? Perfect. Okay, I think we solved the problem. I think we solved the problem there. Uh, Hi, Channel Warhorse. How you doing? Candy R. Uh, Jody, do you mind turning your uh, your phone to vibrate, if you don't mind? Fuzzy Lou, welcome to SOR Chat. Lurks a lot. Pixie Lara, good to see you. And who else do we got coming in here? Titui, the lovely Titui. Social Dig, thank you so much, along with uh, Louie, for the Super Chats. The Super Chats are... A great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Forrest Louie's coming to Vegas. So is Catherine Jones. Are you? Check the ticker below on our YouTube channel. May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. We're going to have a live show happening there. And uh, you guys are going to love it, man. You guys, Honestly, you're going to love it. Wing, Wild Gamer Jimbo, how you doing, man? Good to see you. And uh, we'll throw these up here. I will also be in San Francisco March 17th through 19th for UFOCon 2023. That's going to be exciting. Hope to see you all there. And then in Vegas, two months later, 
Pixie Lara is going to be there. Evan Walters, you're pissing me off because you're late. Hi, Matt Geek. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. From the North American Dogman Project, we have Jody Cook. He is the founder, head investigator, and really he's put together probably the best group in North America regarding Dogman and Sasquatch sightings. Jody, welcome back. Thank you. I want to say I want to apologize to everyone. I, I've been up for like two days straight. So if I'm running slow and sluggish, that's why, you know, I'm not completely on my A game right now when it comes to popping with uh, answers. So just bear with me there. Oh, you are doing great. You are doing great. Right. Jody, I mean, there's always a great debate on when it comes to these cryptids, whether or not they are flesh and blood creatures, whether there's something right. a little bit more special to them, whether they're supernatural. When it comes to Dogman, because many people have experienced things like telepathy from these creatures Correct. in close encounters, what do you think we are dealing with here? You know, it, it, honestly, it's, it, it's hard to say because one thing I can tell you, all probably the majority of the reports that we get coming in are 50 50 when it comes to flesh and blood and something dealing with supernatural. Okay. Where people, when it comes to the supernatural stuff, people were seeing them, they would appear, disappear, a blue light would flash either before or after, uh, some type of, um, predator type movement, where it's like it just literally you're looking at a bush and it just kind of comes out of the bush type thing where it was somewhat where it was able to camouflage its way or something to that effect. That's that's the kind of stuff that we get uh, when it comes to the supernatural stuff, the flesh and blood. It's still something that they they see where something's there and they see it watching them. They're seeing the movement. They're seeing the movement going through the brush or going through the woods and kind of hiding as it's doing it, but able to still look at you. So that's what we consider flesh and blood where it actually comes out. It allows you to see it. The supernatural part of it, it's just something that it, it just comes out right there in front of your face or where one particular case, which I thought was pretty good where this, um, lady was walking on a trail, a trail that she always walks on and never encountered anything, uh, any type of animals other than maybe a deer running across the path. And she was coming around a bend and there was like an open area 
off there. So she kind of stopped there for a little bit. She wanted to do a little bit more stretching. And as she was kind of like getting back up to a stance, she saw what she considered was a werewolf. And it communicated with her. And it told her that she needs to keep moving. And that's what she said. It's like it poked her in the head. I need to keep moving out of the way. So we get encounters like that. I mean, really odd stuff. So are they different species of these things that are supernatural or even possibly some type of extraterrestrial connection or just flesh and blood? Because we know there are certain types of these creatures in appearance. So we're still trying to figure that out. If there are broken up into different groups of them that deals with, you know, the supernatural or the paranormal aspect of the subject, along with the flesh and blood. Now, when it comes to the extraterrestrial, that's a very small part, but it does happen. We do get those. But like I said, it's, man, it's a, it's a straight almost 50-50 when it comes to these sightings between uh, paranormal or um, supernatural and flesh and blood. Right. So the idea that we, you know, we've never had a body, we don't really know what it is, we can only assume that you know our opinion is a good opinion from what we've investigated regarding the the uh um phenomena so out of all the sightings that you've had have you ever or that you have recorded have you ever had a situation where people have seen this creature disappear or walk and vanish or or get picked up by a ufo yes we we've actually had people that has reported that now as far as being picked up by a ufo no, um, but we've talked with numerous, numerous amount of people that have seen these things just literally run. And once it got like to a tree where it ran behind the tree, it never went any you know further. It just completely disappeared. Or they were walking and they came right up on it. I mean, literally came up on it and they never knew it was standing there watching them or one case, which I thought was kind of interesting, because they were going there again. It, they were in the woods and they were walking down this path and they walked right past one and they heard movement behind them. They turned around and they saw it, but it went across the road. And they're like, there's no way there's no way we could have not have seen this thing if it was standing there. They said it was just it was just trees and bushes that was standing there that were there. So did this thing just come out of some type of portal or a dimension or something to that effect? Possibility. Now you've heard the hollow earth fairy, okay, which is a really interesting fairy. Could these things that are flesh and blood could these things be something that actually come from uh, inner earth? And that's why we don't see them similar to like Bigfoot. They're able to come up through, you know, caves or caverns or something that has an opening that comes up to the, the surface and they go right back down. And that's why we can't see them. 
that's another possibility. Do you think that there is a relationship between Bigfoot and Dogman? No, I, I don't. Not not a um, coexisting relationship. We did this investigation in Utah, which was uh, probably about 10 to 15 miles south of the Skinwalker Ranch. And there was this little ranch area and there five, six, seven, maybe houses that were all in this area. And there were, there were farms, they, but you were able to see each other's houses. I mean, there was somewhat of a distance, but they were close enough, but you were able to see them, but they were spread out. And everybody in this community knew that there was a Bigfoot and there was, you know, there was a wooded area over by there. And because they were able to hear it, they've seen it, uh, but it never, ever touched any of their livestock or animals or anything like that. They would just see it past the field or, uh, you know, grabbing food or something, you know, that was in the field there, but it never bothered nobody. And then livestock start coming up missing. They're finding livestock that has just been literally ripped apart. Pets and things were coming up missing. And they knew that it wasn't the Bigfoot. And they were hearing like these growls and, you know, coming out of the wood line. And then one night they said they, the whole community basically came out on this. They said they heard this, these awful screamings of two animals, like in fighting. And it was like an echo. And they said it was literally that loud. And they knew one of them was that Bigfoot that lived there because they were seeing this thing for years. It was never bothering anybody. And then they start seeing this creature that looks like a werewolf. But they never seen that Bigfoot again after that. And this is this investigation was two years ago. And to this day, I we you know, I just spoke to the lady um, last week and you know, just to get some updates of what's been going on. She said, No, we've still to this day have never seen that Bigfoot again. But this creature is still here. It is still killing people's livestock. We've got pictures of the horse that has five claw marks going down the front of its chest, where this thing came at the horse from the front. And everybody knows, it, uh, go at a horse at the front, he's going to rear up and he's going to kill you. You know, none of these attacks were at, on the horses there were by the rear. They're all by the front. There was actually one where it was, it, this thing took a bite chunk out of the chest of the horse, the front part of the horse. And we have a picture of that. And the daughter was telling us, and she drew this picture. She goes, she was in her bedroom and there's a security light by her bedroom. And there is the corral area where the uh, horses are. So the security light popped on and the horses were just going nuts. She opened, you know, the curtains, looked out the window and she goes, and now she's like 13 years old. And she goes, there was this huge, huge dog doing a crawl on the ground like an army man does in the movies. And she drew this picture, real beautiful picture. And it's, it's definitely a werewolf type creature that she drew. And, uh, so 
the whole family was was seeing this thing. We have pictures where this thing actually walked up on the porch. You saw the uh, the mud prints on the porch and the handprint that it would put on the windows looking in. I mean, this thing was doing this to like everybody. It was letting them know. And the one main woman um, witness that that contacted us when we went out there, she's a animal activist. I mean, she is like a hardcore animal activist. And she's like, I want to kill this thing, you know, because it's killing, <laughs> it's killing everything. So there was a little fawn that was running around that she was feeding on feeding. So she, there's a, she's like the closest to the wood line and there's a trail. Once you come out, like where the driveway is, there's a trail that comes down into the woods by the driveway. So she's going down the trail and she's walking in the woods and she's like noticing all these trees have all these scratch marks. Wow. Down all these trees. And we have pictures of that. What's better than a Red Bull from Racetrack to get you going? How about two Red Bulls? Oh, and to make it even better, let's throw in another can for free. You heard that right. When you buy two 12-ounce Red Bulls, you can get another for free. Free Red Bull gets you going. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. We should put that on a bumper sticker or something. Racetrack, whatever gets you going. Select sizes. See store for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And she found the fawn that she was feeding laying in the middle of the, um, the trail. And the whole reproduction organ sit part of the fawn was completely ripped out. Okay. So she went back up to her house to get a shovel because she was going to bury it. When she came back, it was gone. It wasn't there. So, you know, she didn't know if maybe coyotes may came and got it, and ran off with it. So she goes back up to the house and it's laying in her driveway. You know, and it's, it's so she's starting to freak out. Okay. So she, you know, takes it, you know, down, puts it back into a, uh, uh, off the trail there. She waits till her husband gets home, tells her husband, you know, what happened, go down and bury it. You know, her husband grabs a shovel. He walks down there. He sees it. And then he comes back up and, you know, I'm going to get my shovel. I'm going to grab me a gun to be on the safe side. Goes back down and it's gone. You know, so this, they were for like two days, this thing was playing with her, with this fawn. And she goes, the only thing I can think of is that it saw me feeding this thing. And it was uh, either a um, message to her that I can get to you at any time, or it was playing with me. So if it was playing with her, then this thing has intelligence. It ha- you know, where it's able to do 
psychological games with people. You know, so she's seen it. So she she says it, it it's exactly what's in the movie The Howling. Is the way she explained it. It was always up on two legs, so they were able to see this thing. But yeah, these you know, when we went there, we went down to where the um, uh, wood line was, or the woods, and we took all these pictures of these trees. I mean, this thing was just like marking the trees and I uh, talked with an expert on bears and I was asking him about, you know, does this look like bear marks on tree, you know, on trees. And he said, I've never seen this. He said, bears are very particular on the way they mark trees. He said, this thing from about seven feet up going completely down to the roots, it, it marked the trees. And bears don't do that. I mean, this is literally the whole circumference of the tree going all the way around. And it was like all the trees in that area where it was doing this, marking these trees from like about seven feet up going all the way down. I've never seen anything like that before. You know, and to this day, they're still seeing this thing. The livestock's coming up missing. They're still killing. You know, it's crazy. If it's predatory for, you know, farming meat like cows or sheep or horses mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, doesn't that lead to being more flesh and blood than supernatural? Correct. It, it, it does. But with, it, with, with that being said, when you get reports of these things communicating, tele, you know, telepathy and disappearing, it makes you believe that this is, has to be a whole different type right. of dog man, completely different from like this one in Utah. You know, could they never I they asked them, I mean, have you ever seen where this thing like disappear, you know, reappear flashing lights, you know, um, just anything odd out of the ordinary? No, nothing nothing they hear this thing they're able to see it physically see it from a distance it's letting them know they're able to see it but when it comes to like the supernatural aspect of these sightings they're very brief they're not long sightings they're very brief sightings that take place it's not letting you know it's there it's just something that you just walked upon it as maybe if it's coming out of a portal or into a portal or your energy brought it out, something like that. And some of these, these reports that we get when it comes to like the supernatural part of it, they're different as far as aggression towards human. It's completely different because when it comes to the super the supernatural part of it, most of the sightings and encounters, the people themselves don't feel that their lives were in danger as the ones that were the flesh and blood. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's what we're, we believe that, you know, these are completely two different type of entities. 
And here's another, here's another one that we recently had reports on. I've had three sightings in three different parts of the country where people would go into a cemetery to visit their loved ones and they would see a dog-headed creature wearing a robe walking around the cemetery in three different parts of the country, three different times within a five-year period with people who don't know each other. What is that? Is that supernatural? When, when they're seeing, you know, when they see a dog-headed entity wearing a robe, my theory on something like that is, you know, you you heard of hellhounds. Hellhounds were the the hounds that protected the souls in the cemetery from the demons stealing those souls. Is this what this could be? Could this be a how you know a real you know hellhound protecting the souls in the cemetery? I mean, because what is it seriously? What is the chance that you know you have you know a total of four people that live in different parts of the country at different periods of time see the same thing. Mm-hmm. Jody, I mean, it reminds me of a couple of years ago when you were on the show where afterwards you got a hold of me and you were getting calls and emails from fellow military members talking right. about these Anubis-like creatures that they had seen mm-hmm. both in Brazil and in Afghanistan. It was uh, it was actually uh, Honduras and Afghanistan. Yeah, it, the <clears throat> I'm thinking these were probably more extraterrestrial or supernatural. Okay, now in Afghanistan. The first uh, call that I got was from a Canadian soldier that was in Kandahar Valley. And they were in a uh, trench-like area there. And they were in the uh, offensive positions. And what happened was there was like a bunch of kids. There, there was, there was he, They said it was like a... A, a, a big stone wall that was over by where they were and it kind of went down in a different direction and they heard all these kids screaming and they were running around the wall you know the wall coming down towards them and then a pack of dogs were coming right behind them and they're like you know these kids are running from these dogs so they started to open up on the dogs to keep them from killing the kids but the dogs end up passing the children and they're like, okay, maybe this is the Taliban coming. And so what they did, they pop smoke. So right there at the area, so if they would have came through, you know, they would have had to come through the smoke. And he said this, this large creature that looked like Anubis comes out of the smoke. And they described it there that it was it was large black and it was wearing a robe not a robe but a um cloth like a pharaoh is the way they explained it it has a long snout the high pointed ears and it came out of the smoke 
And he said this thing was probably, you know, 12, 15 feet. I mean, it was huge. And they ended up opening up on it. And they said it didn't affect this thing at all. It stood there and just looked at it. They were opening up on it. And they eventually they stopped. And it just turned around and went. And he goes, we've never seen anything like that. We've heard stories from the people in Afghanistan about these things. But, you know, we never believed it until we actually saw it. It's just amazing how how quickly these things can light up a battlefield. You, you're preparing to be shot at, and the next thing you know, mm-hmm. you got Anubis with swords coming at you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And then we had this, I had this other uh, report. I was at a paranormal conference. Um, we only got about 10 oh, seconds, so uh, I, and okay. I, and I want you to tell that story because this is one of my favorites of yours. And yeah. I want you to tell that story about being at a paranormal conference and running into a, let's just say, a special projects person. And we'll tease yeah. it. We'll tease it like that. Well, we got Jody Cook for another hour here on Spaced Out Radio. And don't forget, we'll get to your questions as well in the next hour if you're in one of our chat rooms or on Twitter. Spaced Out Radio, rocking it out with the North American Dogman Project and Jody Cook when we return for hour number two. It's okay. Get something to drink. Yeah, I'm going to step away for a second, too, so I'm just going to put you in the green room, okay? Okay. All right. Don't forget, Cable Guy Matt is here. Hit him up for your free piece of autographed coaxial cable signed exclusively by Cable Guy Matt. Remember, folks, you can't buy these in stores. Limit one per household. And yes, if you sign up to be a VIP for this year's Las Vegas fan party, you will get a free piece of coaxial cable autographed by Cable Guy Matt. Limit one per household. Yeah. Okay, I'll be right back, guys. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
right, I am back, and you'll be back too in about one minute, 30 seconds. Mennonite Abe, how you doing? Dave Bailey, welcome back. There's Jody Cook, our good friend from North American Dogman Project. Oh, that looks like a good Coca-Cola right there. Oh, God, yeah. Nice and cold. Oh, that's the best. <clears throat> That's right, Thurston Howell the Third. I've heard noises in the basement again. I think El Avni Volador may be coming back soon. Uh, race fan, you'll have to find out from Cable Guy Matt what kind of coaxial cable he'll be doing. Um, let's see here. Uh, Want to remind everybody that uh, put your questions in capital letters. And that I will be in San Francisco for UFO Con uh, 2023. Go to UFOCon2023.com. You can get your tickets there. Come see me. Come hang out. And then our Vegas party, which will be on May 19th through 21st. We're still selling VIP tickets until April 30th. Here we go with the hour number two, everyone. Stay tuned. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Zen 2. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us, Clam? Salsa. Salsa is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, hour number two. From the North American Dogman Project, we have Jody Cook, the creator, the top investigator, probably in this subject anywhere in North America and probably the world. Jody, welcome back. Thank you. I got to ask you, before we get to some <clears throat> audience questions here, mm-hmm. you know, our good friend, the late Butch Witkowski in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. was really looking into what he called the bipedal canine, which he felt was right. bigger, stronger, and meaner than these dogmen that seem to be out there. You know, and unfortunately, Butch is no longer with us. But, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on the difference between the dogman and this bipedal canine? You know, I, I, I've talked to Butch about this a few times, and I, I agree with him. I, I believe that what, what he is describing up in Pennsylvania, and there was an area called. Um, is that the Lycan Loop? Well, the, it, they call it the Lycan Loop, but uh, there was a national forest there 
um, I can't think of the name of the top of my head, where a lot of these sightings were taking place. And actually, these things were actually much bigger when it's being reported compared to a lot of these other uh, dogman sightings around the area. Okay, it was just um, just in this one particular area is where these things, the, the much larger ones, were at. And the whole characteristics of these things, they they were very much more canine in char- characteristics. But in some cases, the legs were canine or the legs were more like a, a human. Okay, um, which... I would believe was more human because of the size of this thing. The way, you know, people were explaining it to be, and it, it made more sense that it would have, you know, human style legs, which is not uncommon in the much larger species of this animal, especially when in Europe, uh, every, we, we have a team in Europe and stuff. And they're the ones that they describe over there. They're all, What's better than a Red Bull from Racetrack to get you going? How about two Red Bulls? Oh, and to make it even better, let's throw in another can for free. You heard that right. When you buy two 12-ounce Red Bulls, you can get another for free. Free Red Bull gets you going. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. We should put that on a bumper sticker or something. Racetrack, whatever gets you going. Select sizes. See store for details. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Human style legs and a human style foot. None of them has the, the typical canine style leg. And these things are much, much bigger than the ones that are here in the United States. And what Butch was talking about is very, very similar to what is seen in Europe. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it uh, oh, I wish I can remember the name of that forest off the top of my head. Um, up there, where we're in, in Pennsylvania, where all the sightings were taking place, and they they were actually seeing what they would call the wolf boy. It was a much smaller version of a dog man, but it was about the size of a child, and there were a bunch of reports coming out of there about these little werewolves and in the same area where these large uh, lichens were that, uh, you know, Butch was talking about. And I found that to be extremely fascinating that you had two different species or either were these like children, you know, offsprings that is what they were seeing. But uh, I, I don't think so. I, I think this was like a whole different species of, of some type of canid that was able to walk on two legs. Shenango Valley. Shenango Valley, is, that's, that's what it is. Interesting. 
Very, yeah. very, very interesting with that. You know, when we talk about the dog man and, and the way it is, it always seems to give people this this sense of fear. You know, people have raised guns to it. They get a telepathic message mm-hmm. saying, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You know, things like that. I mean, why comparatively to Sasquatch, why do you think this creature emeates fear so much? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a couple or two, two stories. Okay. Where these were very close encounters. One is hilarious. And the other one, um, is it okay. And they both involve guns. Okay. These things have, I don't believe they have fear of guns. Okay. The first story we had a guy, uh, contact us and, he goes, I'm going to tell you a story and is on God's bed. This thing is real. He goes, I drink. Okay. I drink. I'm going to tell you, I hunt, but I do not drink and hunt together. He goes, I'm out hunting and I'm standing there and I see a buck. I mean, he's, he's close. The buck doesn't see him. He's getting ready to take this shot. Something comes from behind him. And he didn't know what it was, so he stayed still. He thought maybe it was a deer coming from behind. And he he said this thing stood next to him. It shadowed. I mean, he looked over and he says, it was a wolf standing next to me. Literally standing next to me. It smelled. It looked down at me we looked at each other in the eye and it lifted his arm up towards the deer and he's still he's still in position like this and looked at him looked at the deer and kind of had its arm out so he shot the deer and he said this thing just like walked over grabbed the deer and walked off it's like he says i felt it wanted me to kill the deer for him so he wouldn't have to chase it. And he goes, I, I'm telling you, this story is 100% real. He goes, I don't hunt anymore. He goes, this thing was so huge and had a massive body, had a long tail, had a high pointed ears to snout. He said, this thing was a wolf. It was like a werewolf out of a movie. And I, I thought that was like one of the neatest stories I ever heard. You know, because here he is next to a, a human with a gun, and it showed absolutely no fear. The second story was there was a guy, 68 years old, hunting turkey. He hears the turkeys, comes out of the wood, comes into an opening, and he said that five dogs ran out at him on two legs and made a circle around him. He had a gun in his hand. They just came right on him. They didn't touch him, but they came right on him. And he, you know, at no time did he ever say werewolf, dog man, anything. He kept referring to him as dogs. And he said they looked like German shepherds. And he said the small one was a female because the other ones were males. He said, I was able to see you know, see their, their organs. I can tell they were, but he said that the small one, the one that was showing aggression was a female. 
And he goes, I raised my weapon down towards when she was getting close. She would move back, but they, the other ones would do like a growl, show their teeth. Like, you know, if you touch her or hurt her, you're not going to make it. But this whole time, they're pushing him back out of the open area into the wood line. And they basically kind of like let him go. And what he believes is that they were going, they were hunting the turkeys as he was. And they moved him out because that was their food source. But the way he described him was he said they, they looked like German shepherds. They had a high point of ears, a snout. He said they were about, you know, six, maybe seven feet tall. Uh, the, the, the hands, he said, were very human looking, but the legs were very dog looking. This is in Akron, Ohio. This is five hours from where I live. And he said that the, the female, you know, she was probably about, you know, four or uh, five feet, six feet. She was actually smaller, but she was the one that showed most of the aggression. But it showed no fear. Because, you know, he had a gun. They knew he had a gun. But he knew the minute he got one, the rest of them were on him. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think these things fear humans at all. That is so weird. So weird. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over the past, let's go back to the Beast of Bray Road in Wisconsin, that Linda Godfrey, mm-hmm. the late Linda Godfrey, God bless her, uh, you know, because she was yeah. a big fan of what we do and what you do and everything, and we're, she is definitely sorely going to be missed. But, you know, when she broke that story in 1989, we were only hearing reports around Wisconsin, Michigan, mm-hmm. Ohio. Now we're getting reports of these creatures right across North America. If we just focus on North America here. All over, Yeah. What happened? And places, it boomed. I mean, within the la- honestly, within the last 10 years, it just boomed. Could it be, you know, uh, because we're going into their environment with building homes, building communities, things like that? Is it the food source that's bringing them out? You just, we don't know. But it just seems like the population just boomed within 10 years. I mean, here in Ohio, we had a case in 1972, the Defiance, Ohio case. Uh, that was like the only werewolf types dogman sighting you heard of other than when Bray Road broke out in the 80s and the Michigan Dogman in the later 80s. And that was it. That's all you ever heard. You never heard of anything else anywhere else in the country until I say... 2006, 2005, 2006 is when it just really started to boom. And now just about every single state in the union, except for Hawaii, we're getting reports. We're getting reports out of just every province in Canada. We're getting reports all over the world. You know, they're just, it's, it's just booming. I don't know what's, what's, what's going on. Why all of a sudden that these sightings are just so massive now. And there's so many in population. It, it, we're still trying to figure out why. And the only thing that's logical is that we're doing so much 
building communities and building uh, industrial parks and things like that. We're going into their environment and it's just bringing them out because they really have nowhere else to go. And that's the biggest part of it. And their food source, when you start building communities, that food source is gone. Those deers, rabbits and all that stuff, they, they move on because they're afraid of the sounds, you know, the, the equipment, things like that. And, you know, so that food source is gone. They're going to be, you know, have to move out too. And that's why you're starting to see a lot more of them in communities than you do in the woods. See, the one thing that I get upset with when it comes to whether it's Dogman or Bigfoot is people claim to have all of these really good pictures. Look at these pictures I got. And they're so zoomed in and pixelated. And they're like, well, can you see the ear? Can you see the snout? I can't see anything. All I see is a bunch of blocks. And yet, right. and and I think that hurts the field, man. I really do think that hurts the field when people are trying to present evidence like that. I mean, for, for something like this creature or Sasquatch or UFOs, we need concrete. What's better than a Red Bull from Racetrack to get you going? How about two Red Bulls? Oh, and to make it even better, let's throw in another can for free. You heard that right. When you buy two 12-ounce Red Bulls, you can get another for free. Free Red Bull gets you going. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. We should put that on a bumper sticker or something. Racetrack, whatever gets you going. Select sizes. See store for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Videos. We need concrete mm-hmm. photos. What do you say to when somebody submits you an already zoomed in photo? You know, a lot of these pictures that we get, you know, are obviously shadow and light. You know, your eye is trained to pick out things that are familiar. Okay. It's like I have I have a digital picture that was taken on a digital camera probably about 10 years ago. And there was one of our team members was um, before the NADP from this other group we had was going up into a cemetery to take pictures. No one has been buried in this cemetery since I think 1787 was the last person comes up. She sees a Bigfoot digging in the cemetery, snaps the picture. Okay. Now you can see the Bigfoot really good, but what you can also see because of the digital stuff that's in there you see a human's face that's in the bush that's right there. And you see an alien standing there. Now, is that alien there? Because you see the body, that black eyes. Is there an alien there? Is there a large human face with a mustache there also in the picture? No. It's because it's, it's, it's the shadow and light and the digital that made that image. And you're 
eyes were able to pick that out because you were familiar with it because you've seen those type of images before. And that's what's going on in a lot of these pictures when people are looking at it. You know, they're drawing the little red circle around it or the blue line to show it the shape, and you still can't see it. You know, we we get a lot of that. But I I don't think anybody is, is trying to deceive anybody. It's just what their eyes and their brain sees makes them believe that is what's in that picture. Now, we have other pictures. I've got this really good picture that was taken in one of the community, uh, one of the little areas in um, Utah where we were. And the woman's sitting on her back patio, and there's the one, the woods right there. And she sees something moving in there. So she snaps the picture, okay? And she gave it to us. Now, when you zoom in, you see something standing there. And when you zoom in even further, I mean, you get a really good outline of what it is. It, it's, it looks like a dog, man. You see the eye shine, the mouth is open, and you see the red tongue. Okay. Now, I believe this picture of a solid being is what this is because you're able to see it. Even though it's in the wood line, you're able to see it because you can see the outline of it because of the shadow and light, because you saw the eyes and you see the red tongue. So there's a physical being standing there. Okay. Now, but you have a lot of these other pictures that come in that, you know, where someone is zooming into a really green area and you see the shadow light and it, it, it picks out, oh, that, that's a dog man, that's a dog man. You, we, we get that. We get a lot of that. But like I said, it's just one of those things that your, your eyes are trained to pick out things that are familiar and that is what they're seeing. There's nothing actually there. It's all pareidolia. It is. It, it, it is. It is. All right. Let's turn it over to some of our questions from our audience here because we got a lot of them. Let's go to Eric here who is asking, do these creatures show up on FLIR? Yeah. And, and really good. Um, <clears throat> there's a uh, small group um, called Hellbound Holler out of, uh, I believe, Kentucky or uh, Tennessee. And um, Jesse... Uh, she, she's one of the, uh, best female dog man researcher. I think that's out there, you know, and, uh, her and her husband was out there and at LBL and they caught this image on thermal and you can see it and you can see the high pointed ears and it's kind of like in a gully and you see it moving back and forth. And that is probably the best image of what could be be the beast of land between the lakes that's in a thermal <clears throat> now with that being said a few years ago i was doing an investigation out at uh daniel boone national forest and the people from flair actually came out with us okay on this one they were testing the new flare system it's a handheld system that they were making for law enforcement and fire and search and rescue and what it was was it was basically a smaller version of what was on an apache helicopter this thing was able to pick up distance size 
and so forth. And they picked up an image at Daniel Boone National Forest that was, I believe, was a Bigfoot. And it was the clearest image. It was it was black or white on black. Okay, it wasn't the color, but it was probably the best image of a Bigfoot I've ever seen on on, on a flare. And they have that image, and I have no idea what they did with it. But I've seen it. I was there, and you 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 had to. Best detail. It's, it's like you know when you're watching the news and you see these flare um, combat uh, uh, images, you know, from Iraq and Afghanistan or the border or something like that. That's what it's like. It it was that clear. You were you able to see it? Unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, let's get to a few more questions and I'll fire up because I got so many questions for you. Let's go to Susan. Mm-hmm. Will you ever be in or near Pennsylvania to investigate? I'm hoping to be up there uh, sometime next year. I'm going to be doing some uh, research with some friends and stuff up there. We want to go back out to Shenango Valley is what we're planning on doing. Um, The last year, this this last past year, um, I haven't been out into the field. Um, I've got chronic kidney disease. I only have one kidney and I just been diagnosed with uh, multiple line of blood cancer. So this last year um, I've been really sick and I have not been able to get out into the field to do the things I want to do. Um, you know, I'm getting my treatment and, you know, new experimental medication stuff. Uh, so I'm starting to feel a lot better, you know, I'm starting to be myself again, and I'm hoping, you know, to get back out into the field. And like I said, Shenango Valley is one of the places I want to go and uh, go back up there, too. And um, once once it happens, we're going to post it. So if you follow any of our uh, North American Dogman Project's uh, Facebook pages, it, it will be on there. So just, uh, yeah, definitely just keep an eye out on it. On that note, we're going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. We have Jody Cook from the North American Dogman Project here for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. we got a ton of your questions to get through. We'll try to get through all of those. And we'll see what else comes up. Talking Dogman, werewolves, and so much more. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. I have to tell you something. When I was um, in British Columbia, when we went on Bigfoot hunt out there, I spoke at um, the uh, conference there. Back in, I think it was what, 90, 94. And uh, it, it was great. Renee DeHendon is a legend. And he was taunting Grover Crace when he was speaking. Those two hated each other. They literally hated each other. And uh, he, would, he was just completely taunting. I mean, you know, we went out with him 
And I mean, that guy's the most knowledgeable person on Bigfoot I, I've ever met in my life. And we, we would correspond back to each other and he would rip articles out of magazines and send them to me. Uh, did, you know, write me handwritten letters telling me, you know, you know, about a sighting that happened and that he's documenting. Uh, I, I mean, this guy was, I mean, he was a legend, you know, absolute legend in the field. I never got to meet but him. Yeah, that would have been at Harrison yeah. Hot Springs, right? Yeah. Harrison Hot Springs. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was fun. <laughs> you know, that was, that we had a good time. Isn't that a beautiful that, area? That, oh my God. I mean, uh, Vancouver is, oh my, it's, it's so beautiful. You know, one, one thing about Canada, what I loved about Canada, it looks like the United States, but it has a touch of Europe to it. You know, it's clean. The people are, uh, nice, you know, um, they're friendly. Uh, you know, some of the buildings is, it's like there was a, um, uh, What's better than a Red Bull from Racetrack to get you going? How about two Red Bulls? Oh, and to make it even better, let's throw in another can for free. You heard that right. When you buy two 12-ounce Red Bulls, you can get another for free. Free Red Bull gets you going. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. We should put that on a bumper sticker or something. Racetrack, whatever gets you going. Select sizes. See store for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Army Reserve building that kind of looked like a um, a castle or something like that. It was this like stone building that looked like something you would find in England. Oh, it yeah. was just beautiful. Yeah, it, and, uh, I mean, I it know was, exa- it's a museum now. Yeah, and it, it, it's like man, this thing was neat, and this is what these reserve uh, or re- uh, Army Reserve guys were going to, and it, it was just you know, I I loved. It. I fell in love with Canada. Um, you know, it, it, like you said, the people are great. Renee DeHinden, I mean, I could, when I was talking to you about when you're out in the woods in Canada, it's different from being out in the woods in the United States. They're just a whole, it just, it, you know, you're in a different country, but it's like you're in a whole different part of the world, even though it's so close, you know, uh, you know, and it, it was weird because it's like the wildlife is like, it goes into town. And it's like no big deal. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 were, we were out there and uh, <clears throat> there was a um, uh, cougar. Man, it was just like walking down and, you know, the, the police stopped and, it, you know, everybody stopped, just let the thing cross the road. <laughs> it was this like, you know, here in the States, man, it they had state police out there with oh. shotguns looking for this. Thing. I, I remember I, I, I lived uh, <laughs> I lived just west of uh, Harrison in Mission, British Columbia, mm-hmm. 
and I'm coming home from dinner one night, and we had heard that there was a, it was January, and we heard there was a cougar <coughs> in our area. And sure enough, I come up this hill towards my house, and I see this big freaking cat jump right across in front of my vehicle. And so I stop, I you know, and and the cougar's on the side of the road. I, I open up my window, and I'm like, hey, puss, what's going on, man? <laughs> you know? And he looks at me, and I look at him. I said, no, no, I'm not getting out. No, no, I'm a meal. I'm a meal, and I'm not getting out. But I said, you better get out of yeah. here. Literally, I just said, you better get out of here soon because the police are looking for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know Chris Murphy. Uh, I know who he is. I've never yeah, talked to author. him. Yeah, good, really good guy, really good guy. Because um, I, I stayed with him when when I went up was up there in Canada, and I remember, you know, I said, um, you know, Chris, I I, I, I want to find a army surplus store because there's something I'm looking for, and I'm hoping to find it there, and. Uh, we went down this one road, and when I talk about how it looks like Europe, did this little road we went through where this army surplus was? I mean, reminding me of Germany. You know, it was yeah. it was just how this road was, and uh, it, I, I go into this um, uh, Canadian army surplus store, and it's like it's all U.S. stuff, and I mean, just all U.S. stuff that's in there. And I was looking for something Canadian, and the guy didn't have it. I'm like, "Are you serious? You're you're a Canadian <laughs> army surplus store, and oh. all you have is just American." Sh- hold know, on, hold on, buddy. Here we go. There. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on till the top of the hour. Jody Hook, he is the head of the North American Dogman Project. We're going to get to more audience questions with you, Jody. Thank you so much for being here again mm-hmm. tonight. We're gonna go Thank to you. we're gonna go to Kaiju. Jody, can you please share your personal dogman encounter? Also, maybe a Bigfoot encounter. Yeah, I'll give the Bigfoot one first. Um, when I was in the army, I, I was in Northern Michigan. There's a um, training base there in Grayling, Michigan, where the U.S. and Canadian forces train, and it was my first time up there. Okay. And there was all these stories about, you know, Bigfoot. I remember when we were in a training area, I would see these large footprints and stuff that, that was like in the road. Cause the road was kind of more sandy and you would see them. And I, you know, 
I was like, is this Bigfoot? And they're like, oh, yeah, these things are up here. They don't bother us. They don't bother you. And I was on guard duty one night, and I was hearing something. And, and we're, how, how, how my position was, there was a road, and, and the road came into a Y, and we had a bunker that we dug in the ground. And it was all sandbags. So I was like stuck inside this bunker, kind of like under the ground, but I was able to see. And, you know, you heard this grunting sound that was in front of me that was going back and forth, back and forth. Now, everybody was probably about 50 yards behind me. So I was there like by myself and I, I was I was scared to death, man, because that's like I'm thinking, man, this this is a Bigfoot. So that was that was kind of my first, you know, time, I guess, dealing with something like that. Now, the second year I was there, I was working on the range and I, I was a ammunition specialist at the time. And we just got done qualifying a bunch of people on the 50 caliber. So we're packing everything up. Um, the uh, One group came up, picked the weapons up. We had the ammunition. So we're in a, uh, like a four by four type blazer type vehicle. So it was on a Friday. So we're heading back to the ASP, which is the ammo supply dump. And we had to get the ammunition in there before they closed or otherwise we would have to stay in our vehicles at that point until Monday morning. Okay. And that wasn't going to happen because this was our free weekend. So we kind of went off road to get to from point A to point B and you don't go off road on a military reservation to destroy, you know, whatever type of plant light that's out there. And as we're going down the hill, we noticed the tree line, is getting very thick. Now I'm the passenger. We had a driver and we had two other guys that were sitting in the back. And we got to a point where we couldn't go any further because the trees were just too close together. So we went to back the vehicle up and as the vehicle was being backed up, we caught something off to our left that was moving. We're thinking, well, you know, here, this tree's getting ready to fall on us. You know, we hit it or something and we stopped and, it, it just, it was right there. I mean, he was 12, maybe 15 feet away from us. I mean, he was that close. And you were able to see the detail. Now, this was about 830, 9 o'clock maybe uh, in the evening. And it was still light out. Even though we were in the woods, it was still light enough, you know, that was coming through that you were able to see good detail. And, I mean, this thing was probably seven, seven and a half feet. He wasn't very tall, but he was massive body. You were, I mean, he was built like a bodybuilder. You, you saw the cut in his arms and everything. Uh, massive chest, long fingers, long legs, long arms. And what was kind of unique about him is I, I believe he was an older male. He was definitely male, but it's like the, the hair on his chest was was kind of missing his skin was like kind of flaky a little bit like mange like you see a dog with mange right um the hair the hair like on the back of his head top of his head was really thinned uh kind of like on his shoulders area it was like a um a reddish brown color the skin tone was kind of um was a light mocha you know it wasn't caucasian white um, 
it, it, it wasn't dark, like Hispanic dark, but light Hispanic mocha color. And, um, the nose was, was very flat, very human, massive jaw, had a satural crest on its head. Uh, his eyes, cause I remember cause the sun was kind of like behind us. And when you saw the eyes, they were almost like a blackish red color. You know, I mean, it was, it was, I, he, and when he moved, he, it was like a glide. You know, it's not like you saw his feet move. It was just so smooth. And the whole time he's looking at us and it just goes. And we're like sitting there. I mean, what what happened? What did we just see? What was this thing? You know, and so we get back up on the main road and, you know, we're completely quiet. Okay, we get to the ASP point. We drop the ammunition off, you know, uh, do our signatures and we go back to the Katoman area and we're sitting there and we're like do should we report this <coughs> and you know the driver says no well for one because we went off road they're going to know where we saw this thing at they're going to care less about this thing being out there and caring more about you know going on off road and destroying the property and so we never said anything i never said anything for probably 15 years until I wrote Traces of the Grassman, and I talk about it in that book. That was the very first time. Because you have to understand, when you're doing Bigfoot research, it was kind of a taboo thing for a Bigfoot researcher to see Bigfoot. You know, back in the, you know, the 80s and the 90s. Okay? It's like, oh, oh yeah, you're a Bigfoot researcher, you saw it. So a lot of researchers who've seen these things never said anything. Because it, it was just kind of a taboo, Why? you know, type thing. Because it, it's, it's like they felt if, if researchers felt if they said they saw the Bigfoot, people would believe it wasn't true because they were a Bigfoot hunter. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, it's, it, it was just one of these things no one ever talked about. Um it was just something they, they kept. And, and, and I knew that. And that's why I never said anything. And I remember one uh, researcher telling me, never tell anybody you've seen one. Because they won't believe you because of what you do. They will believe a witness before they would believe someone who's researching it. And I never could understand that. But as time was going on, I understood what they were saying. That's why I never said anything. And I didn't really say anything about it until actually I was getting out of the field. And that's when I wrote about it in the book. Uh, but it, it, it was, it, I mean, I, I, the detail, I mean, I, I can, there was an awe when you saw this thing, you know, it was it was something I was so happy and I was so scared at the same time because this is something that I always wanted to see to prove to myself they do exist. But on the other hand, I was scared because it did exist because it wasn't normal in our society. You know, so there was there was good fare and bad fare with this thing. Now, when it comes to Dogman, 
I was terrified on that siding. We were at the Daniel, we were in Daniel Blue National Forest, which is probably one of the biggest hotspots um, in Kentucky, other than LBL to to look for dog band. And this forest, the Native Americans would never go in it. Okay, this whole area, um, it w- was just odd, you know. And we, the, how can I explain? It? When you go into Daniel National Forest, it's kind of like broken up to like three trails. You have a lower trail, middle trail, and you have a higher trail. And most of the people stay on the lower trail. And we were up on the middle trail, and we were in probably about three miles. There were five of us. And we all had our headlights on and flashlights because it got really dark in there. And this was about, you know, close to midnight when we were in there. And we came, there was, there was, the road kind of went to like a real, or the trail went to like a real sharp bend. Okay. And as we came around the bend, we saw eye shine and we saw a deer. So when you're, imagine you're on the road. Okay. There's a little open area on your left. The deer's there next to the deer is where the wood the wood line kind of started back going down the, the the side of the trail okay so we saw the deer the deer saw us and as the deer looked up and saw us it it literally like it hopped you know it kind of like hopped to go over this bush now this bush was probably about four four and a half feet tall okay and probably about six feet long and it kind of like hopped over it as it hopped over this huge creature stood up behind the bush had high pointed ears it had a snout um it had long arms and had long leg and literally grabbed the deer on the side where it pulled it into its chest and we 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 had our flashlights on it we had our headlights on it and this was this was a dog man. This was your your true dog man. And when you when you think of dog man, you know you you look at pictures and you look at drawings, and you know you think, yeah, that's what it is. And when to you see it, you know you see the canine in it, okay. But when you see it, it's fear because you know it's not supposed to be there you know it's not supposed to exist okay and when it looked when it looked at us <clears throat> the feeling i got was it's looking into my soul i mean i really felt it because i felt this push into my body when when I see it I don't know it, it could have been fear okay because <clears throat> it had no fear of us whatsoever and <clears throat> it it was like walked right off and then you heard this scream this you know you, this this awful scream and it was the deer and you know uh 
at that point, it's like, man, we're not going further because if we try to go any further, this thing is, is, is killing this deer for food. It's going to come after us thinking that we're trying to take it away from it. And, we're, you know, we're not going to put anybody's life in danger. And we left. And, yeah, I mean, this whole time, we're literally running down this trail, looking out. People are tripping. You know, uh, I mean, it was absolute fear. But, you know, the this image <clears throat> that I see, uh, I'll never forget it. I, I, I will never forget it. And, you know, there was one time, <clears throat> you know, my dog looked at me. I, I, I have a 150-pound male German Shepherd. He's seven years old. He's muscular. He is huge. And <clears throat> he sat in a chair. Um, I, I had to buy him his own chair. And he sat in a chair and he looked over at me one time. And it snapped, snapped right into my head because it was like that look that was on his face was this look that we saw, you know? Um, and it just, I mean, I, I've been scared, you know, I, I, I've been scared in Iraq, um, but I've never had this level of scare. I didn't even have it at the Bigfoot. I, I, I had a self. It was calm. The feeling was calm because I knew I, I, I knew this thing was not going to hurt us. You know, I, there was no smell there. There was nothing. It, it's just this thing moved. And it was just like it was, it was it was calm and it was gentle. Was the feeling and everybody that was with us, we all had that same feeling. It was calm. It was gentle. But when it came to this dog band, it was just absolute fear. You know, it was, it was one, my heart was racing so bad. I'm not kidding you. It felt like it was busting out of my chest. I mean, that was, that was the, I, I've never had this fear before. And, and it wasn't the image of him. It was the way it looked at us is what the fear was. I felt the same way when I saw my first extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. Felt the exact same way. It makes total sense. And thank you for sharing those. we got seven minutes left. We're going to try and burn through as many questions as we can. Let's go to Adam here who's asking, are you able to feel a dog man's energy without seeing them? You know what? Uh, I had someone ask me that before. And I I was in an area one time. And the, the feeling I felt when I had my dog band sighting, I felt that. And that's probably what he's asking. I felt that same feeling and there was nothing around. Um, I went and did this show um, about two years ago at Knob Creek and <clears throat> I was out in the woods and that's when I had the feeling and I had something throw a large stick at me and I heard the ground. I actually was able to take pictures of this thing. And yeah, I, I, I had that feeling prior to all that happening. Oh, so very yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Brown Dwarf. 
Are you familiar with the Dogman encounter with photo out of Jedediah State Park, Del Norte County, California? If so, do you have any info on that? Yeah, that was that was ours. Um, it was how how the story came about. We were contacted by a guy that was out of Jedediah. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at easternshipbuilding.com. At Eastern Shipbuilding, it's more than a job. It's a career. Uh, National Forest. Now, the guy was a big Trekkie fan. And some of the uh, Next Generation and uh, some of the other Star Trek movies were filmed in Jedediah. So he wanted to go out to the area where they actually did some of the filming. And as he was going down the trail, he saw two people off to his uh, left in this little open area. And he heard them talking and he was able to see him. He waved. They waved back. So he's going up the trail and <clears throat> probably about uh, 15, 20 yards up. <clears throat> he heard them scream. He goes running back to where he saw him at. He sees this werewolf. And this is the way he describes it. This werewolf was standing there. He didn't see the people, but it was standing there. Grabbed his phone, took the picture, and ran just ran home and he, he was, he was terrified of what he saw and he, how he contacted us because he's looking at the picture and he's Googling it. And he came back our organization and uh, we went out there and uh, ended up talking to him or one of our investigators, uh, Dev. And she was with a star team from MUFON. So she had a lot of equipment where she can do metadata on the phone to make sure that it was, you know, not a uh, prop or anything like that. And the metadata showed what was there was there. That animal was physically there in that picture. So the guy said he went back the next day to see if there was any evidence. And um, he saw a little bit of blood, but not a whole lot. So he doesn't know if it was maybe from those people, but um, he reported it that, you know, there was two people there and they, the forestry service just totally ignored him when, about that. But it, really? it, it terrified him. But, yeah, but he was able to get that picture. And I think that's one of the best pictures that's out there uh, of Dogman. I mean, that is like a really, really good picture. Uh, if people want to see it, they can go on our website or, you know, just send me a, a message and I'll send you, send you a copy of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love that. Absolutely love yeah. that. And I know our listeners would too. All right, let's get to another question. Let's go to Barbary Lions here. Jody, has your documentary come out yet or did I miss it somehow? No, um, 
<clears throat> what happened on our documentary. This is what's going on. Um, the first year we, uh, when the Kickstarter went through and COVID broke out. Okay. So the first year we couldn't do anything because none of the witnesses wanted to come forward and talk and get out there because of COVID. And then when we finally got out there to get the filming, we got it filmed and we're in the process of editing. And then we find out that two of the witnesses literally lied about their story. Oh no. Literally lied. And we're almost completely done with editing. And then we had a third witness that came forward and says, look, you know, my family says I shouldn't have gave you this story for free. They believe I should get something out of it. And I don't want you to use it unless I should get something. And my family says I should get 25% of each documentary. I'm like, it's like you signed a waiver giving us permission to use your image and your story. You, that's a legal form. And no, it wasn't because it wasn't notarized. So we had to get lawyers involved to find out, can we still use this? Is it a legal form? You know, eight months, it took them eight months to figure out what was going on, if we can use this or not. And then um, we had to decide, what are we going to do? Do we have enough B footage that we can put in there? Okay, can we sit there and go back out? So we went back out and we did a lot more filming. And that's when I started to get really sick where I couldn't do anything. So that's where we're at right now. So we've got what we need. We actually got another two really good witnesses that we're going to interview and get on film. So we're looking at April for it to come out. So, I mean, it was, this thing was jinxed from the beginning. And and the thing with Kickstarter, I have to say this so people understand. Kickstarter will not give us any contact information to any of the donors. It's like, well, how am I supposed to get the film to them? How am I supposed to get the perks to them if I have no contact information? Because of privacy act and it's like they're like you have to go on social media and find them i said you know how many people have the same name on social media so i have to post i've been posting on the kickstarter page what's been going on here's an email send me an email let me know so i can get your contact information i mean it's all you, you know, can it, do it's just it's all you can do all you it's can completely do completely horrible Jody, I got to say, we got to bring you back soon because there's so many stories that we didn't get to go over tonight, but we will. Thank you so yeah. much, Jody Cook from the North American Dogman Project, one of our good friends here. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then, Super Duke's here for the Cryptid Report. It's Dave 101 night, and then we got the news as well. Spaced Out Radio, Hour 3 next. Great job, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like you said, I just, I have not been, well, you know the situation. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I, I, (laughs) yeah, I am so physically exhausted. Get some sleep. Why don't we bring you back in about a month or so? That'll work. That'll work. I can give you a better update on what's going on. Okay. You You do that. Go get some rest, buddy. All right. 
All right, brother. You, you take have a care. good one. Jody right, Cook, everybody. Care. Jody Cook. A uh, bit of drama going on in the North American Dogman Project there. And uh, so I just didn't want to really talk about it tonight. But some uh, members were doing some backstabbing from what I'm hearing. And wasn't good. I'm going to go and refill my cup because I'm out of water. And I will be right back, guys. Uh, so bear with me.
buddy. Getting close to the Super Duke. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to bring Jody back on soon. He's got a lot more stories he's going to tell, so he's just full of them. <clears throat> full of great stories. Oh, You guys having fun yet? You having fun? I know I am. I know I am. Who's coming to Vegas, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget? I want to see you all there. I think we got about 40 or 50 tickets sold already, and you're going to be getting emails soon. And uh, come watch Eric Markham with his badass beard hanging out with us. Here we go, everyone. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway thank you so much for joining us we really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliate around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Salzy. Salzy is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Naturally, I am a scientifically-minded person, and I like to think that I'm rational. And normally, I like to come from a place of skepticism if I'm being honest. I'm trying to get some perspective on what happened and explore all avenues because I'm dumbfounded by this experience. My two children and I were visiting my parents for dinner, and they lived in the middle of the woods. It's my family home where I grew up. 
About halfway through the evening, the kids were watching TV inside, and my parents were busy talking in the other room, so I went out to my dad's detached shop to practice pool for a little while. I let them know where I was going before I did this. I'm an avid pool player, and he has a nice table, so I ran some drills for around 30 minutes. After I finished up, I walked out the door to go back into the house, and it was almost dark. Still, some light, but not much. I was halfway to the house when I heard a child's voice in the woods. I couldn't understand what it said, but it was clear as day, and it sounded like it was maybe a hundred feet away from me or so. I stopped and looked into the direction it came from, trying to see if perhaps it was one of my kids, and maybe they had gotten outside without me knowing. Then I heard the voice again which said my name like it was calling to me. However, it didn't sound like any of my kids. So I yelled back and got no answer in return. I walked towards the woods just a little bit expecting to see somebody come out, but I never saw a thing. I stood there for quite some time calling before I immediately went back inside to check on my kids to make sure none of them wandered off into the woods. When I go inside, they are still sitting at the same spot watching television. I asked my mom if they were outside and she said they never went out. Now, from my perspective, my parents live in the middle of nowhere. There are no houses within a mile of them and no one else has kids in this area, at least none that know me by name. I'm genuinely creeped out by this. Has anyone else ever experienced something similar? This story took place when I was a kid. My dad has been a pool man for many years. One of his oldest customers decided to purchase a ranch. I do not exactly remember where. He asked my dad if he could come fix their pool, which was disastrously maintained before he bought it. He gave my dad permission to bring us along and told us we were welcome to stay a few days to enjoy the ranch. We drove there and I had overseen reading the map quest instructions because I never seemed to be able to sleep during car trips. We drove back a few days later after my dad was finally able to save the pool. The drive home was awfully long. For long stretches, the view was mostly desert, farms, and the occasional small suburban town. Unlike me, my mom and brothers knocked out almost immediately, so most of the trip was just me and my dad talking or listening to music. I am also a very avid reader, so I had my book on my lap besides the maps. I remember the ride had been quiet for a while, because I had been reading. I had to stop because it was getting dark, and my dad only let me turn the dome lights to read the maps. No radio service and the Game Boy batteries had all died. All I had left to do was look outside. Suddenly, I spotted a very tall shadow on a roof. I realized there was a man who seemed to be wearing a hat, a bowler hat or maybe a top hat style, and dancing and jumping from roof to roof of the suburban lot, kind of like that scene from Singing in the Rain, which at that point I had never seen. It took a second to realize that it was not a normal thing to see. The houses were situated in such a way where they were way too far away for people to jump roof to roof. What scared me the most is how at the last house before a field, he seemed to turn around and sense me. He bowed and tipped his hat. Even though I could not see it, I could sense it smiling. All I felt was dread in my stomach. I turned to face my dad to see if he saw it but he had been paying attention to the road like he should have been. When I turned back, I could not see the houses anymore. They were too far behind us. I never saw a face or any details. He was just a silhouette on the roofs. I remember feeling very afraid that it would follow us, that it could if it wanted to. 
I never saw something like that in our many trips ever again. Sometimes, I wondered if I imagined it. It just felt so real. The memory is so vivid as well, which always keeps me coming back to this. I am watching old musicals because the dancing reminds me of the way he moved. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, bringing us in to hour number three each and every night here, Monday through Friday, on Spaced Out Radio. So we thank him for it. And, of course, if you want more, you could go over to his YouTube channel. He's got thousands of stories just like that waiting for you. All you got to do is hit subscribe. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Hit subscribe. And now we go from the swamp to the forest of Montana, where Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is hanging up in a deer shed looking for the elusive Sasquatch. Let's go. that intro buddy (laughs) (coughs) big sky howdy from the top of the rocky mountains in the high tower of my impregnable castle castle world bigfoot radio coming to all of you out there how y'all doing uh we're great man we're great had a good night talking some dog man with jody cook and now we got super duke here for everybody to Next time you have um, Jody on, you got to ask him if he's got any reports from down under on uh, Dingo Bloke, yeah, <laughs> their okay. version of Dogman. Yeah. So many versions of that creature, man. So many versions. <laughs> this is the abbreviated aside to you tonight. What do you got for us? Well, first of all, a reminder for everybody, because it wasn't a regularly scheduled show, released a five-minute short yesterday, which was a... History of Sasquatch Part 1. So, of course, Part 1 goes back as far as there's a report, which is in the oldest language on Earth, Sanskrit. This report comes from significantly before Babylon, Mesopotamia, Syria, all that kind of stuff happened. And uh, not only that, but it answers the question is, are Bigfoot the Nephilim and Uh, Do Bigfoot cooperate with the Giants? And the answers are no and no. So, Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at easternshipbuilding.com. At Eastern Shipbuilding, it's more than a job. It's a career. Check that five-minute show out. It's great. Uh, Just my opinion. I like it. 
Anyway, also have um, somebody from your show coming up on my show this weekend, Dave. Oh, do you? Lovely Danielle Diva is going to be my guest. Good. And we're talking about something near, dear, and close to her heart, which is her uh, great, 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 great uncle, Count Dracula. And we're going to be telling the true story of Dracula, which is like way cooler than the fakey vampire story that that Irish guy made up about him. So you guys don't want to miss this. No, definitely not. Definitely and, not. Yes. There's more. And, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Well, yeah, I just wanted to briefly say, hey, I hope you had fun visiting with Robin night before last. Oh, yeah. It's honestly, it's hard to get her on to fill in because of the time difference. Because it is like literally two o'clock in the morning there when she comes on. So try to get her to, you know, convince to stay up that late. Hey, Robin, I got problems over here. Can you take this? And she's like, eh. only for you. <laughs> well, I'm glad Robin loves us in order to do that. So thank oh, you. Oh, she so must much. really love you guys. You couldn't talk her into being in that time slot on anybody else's show. I know. I know. We love her around here. She's amazing. Just amazing. Well, I got a fun report from uh, Montana here. Uh, as I recall, the guy's name is uh, Craig Falcon, and he's a member of the local Blackfoot tribe. And I was watching this report on the Picuni Bigfoot channel, which is some of the Blackfoot tribe do reports from inside the reservation and from their own uh, members of the tribe. And they had him telling a story of when he was a little kid. And his parents were back in the, their bedroom on the far side of the house, and him and his two younger brothers were tearing around the living room, raising hell, as he put it. And he said, we must have really been making a racket because we attracted some attention. And I didn't notice it, but one of my brothers pointed at the window and said, there's something up there. So, you know, I'm the oldest brother. I'm the big tough guy. So I go running around the, the coffee table, jump up onto the cushion on the couch, and bounce with that like I'm Superman fly up to the back of the couch and I grab the drapes, you know, the kind of the old fashioned kind that pull from side to side. And I just grab one in each hand and I fling them open. And there's a face there on the other side of the window. And he, it's the face is the size of the whole window. Oh my. It's in the bottom color can on his face. What was that? You kind of broke up there. I said, he's, he said the only thing that didn't freak him out about it is that it had a big old grin on its face. Oh, no. So apparently he was attracted to the sound of him and his brothers raising hell, as he put it, in the living room and was peeking through in between the tiny crack on the uh, the window drapes to see what they were doing. So now all of a sudden he's face to face. And he said, like, this thing's face literally filled the window. That's all he could see. It must have been leaning way down. And its face was right next to the window. So, of course, he had the uh, reaction you would expect. Like Superman, which he was portraying a second or two before, he turns around, leaps down onto the cushion on the couch, uses that as a springboard, leaps entirely over the coffee table, and beats it as fast as he can into his parents' bedroom, even beating his brothers there who saw the same thing but didn't react quite as fast as him. And they all freaked out and told their mom and dad that they saw a big monster and stuff. And mom and dad apparently knew that Bigfoot was around the area, so they didn't bother to go look. They just said, okay, well, you can stay in here for the night. Oh my! Oh my! Dang, and he had more, in, in, more encounters subsequent to that, but he said that was you know he he didn't even think anything could be that big. Its face was the size of the whole window. You know, its eyes were 
like you know, <laughs> the size of mayonnaise jars. That is amazing. I would not have wanted to see that. You know, I had my encounter when I was ten was bad enough, but having it's like you have no security whatsoever after that. Hey, there's a giant sticking his face right up to the window. Oh my god. <laughs> Better hope it's a friendly giant. That's all I could say. Oh my So anyway, we got some more military encounters. And these ones come from the Fort Lewis Army Base, Pierce County, Washington, and this one in 1989. Reporter says, we were on a field exercise with the 864th Engineer Battalion in November of 89. But all I can remember is that we were about a mile up from the Nisqually River. We marched out the day before and built a three-rope bridge for the Rangers. It was the training area northwest of the old C-5 mock-up or training aircraft. It was oddly clear, and the moon was bright. A fellow soldier and I were sitting in a foxhole around 4 a.m. in the morning when my buddy suddenly exclaimed, What the hell is that? When I looked directly in front, about 25 yards, I witnessed something that scared me. It was a human form, but 7 to 8 feet tall, walking with a slight hunch about the shoulder and making low grunting noise. This thing was just unbelievable. There was a slight musky odor, but not too bad. It smelled kind of like a wet dog. Anyway, my friend and I told our story to the squad leader. He just laughed. He spoke to our first sergeant, and we were known as the two Bigfoot hunters. Well, after that, we didn't mention it anymore. But listen up, folks. There are things out there on that base unimaginable. I always said I would have to see it to believe it. Well, I saw it, reported Tuesday, July 3rd, 2007. And here's actually some unexpected follow-up to it. Regarding the above report, this letter came in. A follow-up email came in from a man living in Iowa who took over his parents' family farm there. His letter was brief. Mrs. Short, he said to Bobby, I read the message about the sighting at Fort Lewis in fall of 1989. I believe that I was that man's sergeant. I will verify his story as true, and I tell you additionally that Fort Lewis has a whole company of Bigfoot living on that base, must be 70 or more scattered around that base, and that ain't no joke. A few get shot to death by scared E2s once in a great while, and mostly the sightings don't get reported. Those that do, nothing is said. I personally believe that base was constructed to protect that large contingency of big feet because no effort was ever made to rid the base of them, and believe me, we could have annihilated all them big feet if we'd been ordered to do that. No problem. Remember, we love the smell of napalm in the morning. Huh. The order never came down that I know about, but no effort was made to keep the grunts from shooting them either. I read the report on your website about the big feet don't die but become invisible, and that's bullpucky. I helped remove a dead one that was shot in 88. It was roughly 8 feet tall, male, the strangest stiff I ever saw. It was shot up pretty good, but I could see its features plainly. We loaded down the back of a truck, covered it with canvas, and off it went, to where I don't know. We were ordered not to talk about it. The base there at Lewis is massive and strategically mapped in sections. Divided by roads, it has dense forest on the base and surrounding terrain with vegetation you can't crawl through. Ma'am, he says, it's a dense jungle in some parts of that base. There were an off-limits parts of the base where nobody was allowed. Most don't even know it existed. So I'm writing to support any questions that Big Feet are thick and Louie. Yes, sir, signed Old Sarge, Alamaki County, Iowa. 2 12 09. And there's another report 
Fort Lewis Army Base, May 1984, Pierce County, Washington. He says, I was a staff sergeant, E-6 sergeant, military police at the time of my incident stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington. I had gone to investigate a reported disturbance within the tree line near the post stockade. This occurred in late spring, May 1984. It was approximately 0300 to 0400 hours. The bars closed shortly before the call. The MPDO heard strange cries from within the forest and wanted to check it out. I went in one direction while the canine unit went in another. We were going to sweep the area. We planned to meet at an old railroad spur not far into the trees. I saw nothing nor heard a sound until the canine unit apparently made contact with something. I heard five distinct pistol shots, at which point I heard a deep guttural growl, building it to an extremely high-pitched howling. I've never heard anything like that. And the sound of something large crashing through the thick brush and foliage in the area. Important to note that I was too young, gung-ho, and stupid to be scared. I was armed with my issue 45 and 12-gauge riot gun and continued on to the rendezvous point, hearing nothing further. At the spur, which was sort of sunken with high berms, I went up the far side and halted at the edge of a large meadow. The captain was already there at the rendezvous point, having not seen anything either. Neither of us knew that the K.O. had fled the forest on the trail of the dog. We were about to head back when I caught movement in the adjacent tree line to the left. I could plainly see a large, dark shape walking along the southeast edge of the meadow, but still within the tree line. Uh, He says Mount Rainier was southeast of my location, and this was the direction of movement. It appeared to be a bear. I held my weapon at the ready. When the subject turned and came out into the meadow, it was approximately 35 yards from our position, moving from left to right. It did not register at first. I nearly pulled the trigger, but something just didn't look right. Bears walk on all fours. This bear was walking on two legs. It was getting on towards morning. False dawn was in evidence. I could see well enough, but not clearly enough to make out facial features. All I can figure is the wind must have shifted for the creature stopped and turned its head and looked directly at me. It turned its whole body and just stood there looking at us, arms by its sides. The creature was not threatening us at all, so I lowered my weapon and did not open fire. I remember the head moving slightly from side to side. It did not move closer, and neither did we. We stared at each other for less than two to three minutes. Ultimately, it resumed its original direction and just walked away, looking back once, but kept going, disappearing into the opposite tree line. The Bigfoot was covered with short, dark hair, massive arms and shoulders, probably seven and a half to eight feet tall. The neck was not evident. The head was bullet-shaped, though due to poor light conditions, I could not see facial features clearly, but I can say it definitely was not Elvis or the Pillsbury Doughboy. I estimate the weight at close to 500 pounds. The tracks we found later were cast with plaster of Paris. The photo shows my size double E foot for size comparison. The Rangers used to have problems with something nasty around the Nisqually River over in Rangers Rainier training area. And it shows the picture and um, yeah, I'm guesstimating roughly 16, 17 inch uh, track caster, judging by the size of his foot. Uh, he says, my son, son likes WWF wrestling, and I met Andre the Giant and shook his hand. If he's really seven foot four, then this creature was taller than that. I'm 6'5", and recall the size difference between Andre the Giant and me. 
At the time of the sighting, we were neither drunk, crazy, or on drugs. And it wasn't a man in a suit either, not on a military base. I'll tell you now, no official report was ever made. I valued my Army career more than a few moments of limelight. And as I said, I saw an ape-like creature. I never said I saw a Bigfoot. I'm 43 now, retired military, except for the plaster cast. I can't prove any of this. All I can tell you is I know what I saw. It no longer matters who believes me. I love it. I love it. You know, there is so much around that Fort Lewis base. I once heard a rumor, Duke, and I'm not sure if you have as well, but I once heard a rumor that there is a base out there or a special building on that base that actually houses a number of different cryptids in there. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying the rumor that I heard. Yeah, I haven't heard which one that is, but it would actually, I would think there's probably more than one. Um, Kat Hansen talked about them tra- trailing a dog man for several days, her and a couple of Indian trackers that were just amazing. And he used every trick in the book trying to get away from them. And they finally tracked it to a military base where they watched it run Go up figure. to the base and jump over the 12 foot fence into the base and run in. And the perimeter guards didn't do anything to stop it. Nope. Super Duke, tell everybody where they can find World Bigfoot Radio. World Bigfoot Radio is on all the finer uh, video platforms that you can find, including BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, Bright Eon, and YouTube, too. Uh, You can find my support group over on Facebook, if you're still over there. I have two of them, actually. Montana Bigfoot Project covers all the field research, and World Bigfoot TV tells you when my show's on. So... Come on, check it out. Love it. Subscribe. World Bigfoot Radio Super Duke Sullivan. He'll be back next week. Coming up next, it's day 101 night. Watch out for your phones, people. The apps are coming. Super Duke. Super Duke. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Super Dave, he's got to go see his buddy, the Bigfoot, out there in the woods. I know. He wants more more munchies. I don't know if you saw what I said in the chat room while you were talking about that. I just started laughing, and I went, yeah, 99% of their attention is always focused on, hey, is there food involved in this? Can I get food out of this somehow? Hey, you got any more of that food? Bring that food. That's really good. There's never enough food. You could back up an 18-wheeler, dump it all out, and two days later they'd be calling Robin going, Robin, can you tell Dave to bring some more out here? Oh, man. Yep. I'm going to go barbecue some steaks out there. <laughs> could you imagine? Wait till oh, that yeah. Wait till that smell gets into the trees. Yeah, we made the mistake of uh, cooking bacon there too many times, and then they wanted to try bacon. And Now every time we come out there, they want bacon. Bacon's expensive. I'm not bringing out any weird, expensive food anymore that they could potentially smell or try and eat and then want me to bring more of it. No. Right? Yeah, if it was 20 years ago and bacon was cheap, fine. You know, But it's not like you're ever going to give them enough. It's just a tease no matter, you know, it's like giving somebody one mint. Ooh, yeah, one mint. One mint. That's all you get. A tic tac. Thanks. It's a, it's a you know, and they're having the Pringles potato chip reaction going, Come on, give me a handful. And you're like, I don't have a handful. 
Right. I'm just tiny. I don't eat truckloads. Just like tiny. Just I'm only six tiny. feet tall. We're, we're just little. I'm tiny. I don't even have fur all over me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Quit demanding peanut butter and bacon. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, fortunately, I have an excuse. No vehicles can get up to my research area until all the snow thaws. So I don't have to go up there during the winter. Yay. The only way you can get to mine right now is via snowmobile. Yeah, it's the same thing with mine. You'd have to literally take a snowmobile in. They've actually got the roads closed off between October and May and until the snow melts over the pass so you can actually drive over because they're not going to plow it. Once it melts, then, okay, yeah, they open the gates so you can use the pass again. <laughs> Seasonal roads. You're in one of them gated communities. Yeah, they gate off the mountains in the winter so the crazy locals don't try and drive over them with their four-wheel drivey things and fly off the 500-foot cliff never to be seen again. Oh, my. Because they'll try it. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's why they close those things off, because the locals why, will try. That's why it's called America right there. You know America. they're going you know to try, because America says so. Well, they go around the gates with the snowmobiles and stuff, too. All those roads that are close to traffic during the winter, there's snowmobile trails during the winter. Everybody's got a snowmobile using them. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I got to go over to Hamilton. It's only about a 40-mile drive. I'm taking the sled. See you guys later tonight. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that Literally. the truth? They're literally doing that. Well, the other, the other, if they want to go from the one town to the other, the other option is to drive completely around the mountain range, which is about 150 miles. So they'd rather do the 40 miles over the mountains with the snowmobile <laughs> faster. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Anyway, I'm going to get going here because I want to get on the other computer in time to see Dave ranting going, Get off my line, you Get off my lawn, you sons of damn. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> you damn probe happy saucer jackies. <laughs> I wish I could remember that one. <laughs> I do. I'll, re- I'll 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 remember to record a soundbite at some point when I have to record something again. Hopefully, I, I would appreciate I'll, I'll that. Send it to you. I would I'll totally it appreciate to you. that. <laughs> okay, guys, off to the other studio. Love everybody. Have a good night. That's super Don't Duke. hug any Wookies. That's Super Duke right there. Super right. Duke. Super Duke. Don't hug the Wookies. They'll make you puke. Mm-hmm. All right. There goes Super Duke. Derek Galloway. Derek Galloway has returned. Uh, that's right, Grandizer. I've got a lot of problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about it. Do, 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 do. Charge. Do, 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 do. Thank you, Louie times three, Brian, Catherine, Social, Cryptid, and Cat for the super chats. Very much appreciated. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the love. Here we go, everyone. <clears throat>
We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where I yell, Get off my lawn! It's Dave 101. is coming down the pipe in the UFO world is everybody and their dog is going to be creating leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at easternshipbuilding.com. At Eastern Shipbuilding, it's more than a job. It's a career. A UFO app. Some of these apps you'll pay for. Some of them will be free. All of them will guarantee you can put in your sighting, your video, and your information right then and there in real time. And your report will be added to a database of hundreds of thousands, if not millions upon millions of reports from people just like you around the world. Yes, the day and age of infiltrating our iPhones, our Google phones, our Samsungs is here. But I'm going to put out a warning for all of you. Do not download these. I don't care if they're from MUFON. I don't care if they're from Google. I don't care if they're from Enigma Labs. I don't care where they are from. Because remember... The information has to go somewhere. Someone is going to get their hands on your IP address. They're going to get their hands on your phone number. They're going to get the hands on your email, where you live, maybe your address, passwords that you install. Because let's face it, if you're like the majority of us, you use the same password 
probably for at least 9 to 15 different things that you have to log into each and every day. That's what we do. We're a comfort creature that way, and there are those out there who may want to take advantage of it. No, I am not a fan of the apps that they say are going to benefit you in tracking and learning about what kind of different UFOs are out there. Here's a post that I would say to you. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Instagram. If you get that photo, put it on there. You're already on there. They already have your stuff. Why give it to someone else? There are those out there who will say, well, what's the difference? Everything is tracked. Everything is known. They know by my phone number where I am at any time. The government will know my email. They'll know when I am sitting there harassing the president or the prime minister on social media. They know it all. And maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Because none of us really do read the fine print on anything. I think it's the only about 3 to 5% of the population that actually does. But here's the thing. There is a major race going on right now in the UFO world. And that is for information. Information from people like you. Why do they want your information? Because they want your reports. And they want more than your reports. They want to know who you are. What kind of people are having sightings? Who's having the sightings? Where are the sightings happening? Are they happening in clusters? Are you seeing the same thing other people are using as well? This is why I don't feel comfortable with this right now. Right now, we know there are about five different apps that are going to roll out here within a year. We know the really strange and, and secretive Enigma Labs is about to roll out an app. MUFON has decided they are going to roll out an app. There are many as three that I know of, private groups who have not been named yet that are ready to roll out an app. Some of them are even in beta testing right now. The reason why I am concerned about this is because when you see the new race towards ufology and UAPology, see what I did there, UAPology? I often wonder what is the hurry? Why all of a sudden do they need all of this stuff? Well, it's simple. Data equals money. It equals money from the government. It equals money from private agencies. And if you're willing to give it, they are willing to take it. So let me tell you about this. And this is what scares me about it. We know the ownership of Enigma Labs is being funded by billionaire Peter Thiel, who is the man behind Planet Palantir, a government contracting company. We know that he helped start a little company called PayPal with his buddy Elon Musk. We know that he was one of the first investors into Facebook and that this guy's worth between 5 and $10 billion. 
What does he want with UFOs? What does he want with all that information? Enigma claims they are not affiliated with anybody, even though they're a private company. Yet the parent of that company, the financier of that company, has government contracts, including defense contracts, up the yin-yang with his other companies. Let's go to MUFON. We know MUFON has been begging and pleading to be in the UFO conversation, well, especially the last five years, six years, since the New York Times article came out in 2017. We know Dave McDonald, the ever-dressed, styling and profiling leader of MUFON, has wanted and made it his mantra to get MUFON involved in the government game. And from all points that I'm hearing of, he is being very successful. Which means if he is successful and he is going to say to hell with our our rest of our board of directors and what they say, to hell with our investigators, to hell with our state directors, this is what we're doing and we're getting into the game on a civilian level, that means that MUFON stats will likely be turned over to the U.S. government as well. Now, people even in MUFON will say, well, aren't we doing that already? Haven't we done that in the past? Aren't there government agents in there? Yeah. Jan Harzan, the former president and executive director, tried to get Tom DeLonge involved when he was really hot to trot with the Two of the Stars Academy. They tried in 2007 and successfully did for a bit get billionaire Robert Bigelow involved with his Bigelow Advanced Aerospace Space Systems Company, Bass, out of Las Vegas. This is where it all seems to go, and that is everything funnels through to the government. So my question is, who can you trust? We tell our children all the time, I want to see what you're downloading onto your iPad or onto your tablet. Or if you, you know, you're like me, where your kid has broken his tablet, so you give him an old iPhone and you let him play his games on there. You watch what your children do, but are you watching what information you are allowing on your cell phones or on your tablets? Because right now I can say this, and this is my warning to all of our Spaced Out Radio listeners out there. I cannot say with 100% conviction that there is an app out there regarding UFOs that I trust or would trust for right now. Now, I am hearing there are some independent companies who are trying to track this for the sake of actual research that is independent from any government contract. We'll see how those play out. What I'm saying to you is, hold on to your information. Your personal information is important. It doesn't matter whether the government already has it. Look, they have your social security number. They have your phone number. They have your email, your IP addresses. They know where you work. They know how many taxes you pay each and every year. They know more about you than you do yourself. But that still doesn't... Give them permission to know what's in your head. What have you seen? What have you experienced? 
And this goes beyond just seeing a couple of dots flying in weird patterns in the sky. No, no, no. This goes beyond that. This goes beyond the to the experiencer, to those who have had ET contact or close encounters of the third kind or more. I don't want them having my stories with my information. Do you? Would you feel comfortable with your government knowing that you're an ET contactee or had close encounters? Nobody should feel comfortable with that. All right? Whether they are deliberately listening on our phones, whether they can already hack into secured lines like Signal, they've already done it. We know that it's there. We're just hoping that they're not paying attention and that we don't say any trigger words like Joe Biden is ugly or Donald Trump has bad hair or Justin Trudeau, besides his sock collection, is not a very nice man. We get to hear it all. They will hear it all. But for your protection, don't download or support any of these apps that will be coming out here very, very soon. It's not worth it. It's not worth your privacy. And it's definitely not worth your private information. If you feel that you need to... Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at easternshipbuilding.com. At Eastern Shipbuilding, it's more than a job. It's a career. Get your story out. You can always contact us at info at spacedoutradio.com and we can point you in the proper direction. Like Peter Davenport's New Fork out of Washington State. Completely independent, completely free. We need to protect each other. We need to make sure that our community is safe from the zealots who are trying to steal the information so they can get a handle on making a ton of money on whatever is going to happen in space or coming to Earth. It is about business. It is about information. Don't kid yourself. And when you get a company like the Enigma Labs, who seems to be hiding everything behind the scenes, to the point where we don't even know who's working for them or who you're talking to, they may have you set up with a government official from the CIA, the NSA, or whomever alphabet agency they belong to. And in the meantime, you're giving them prime information about who you are, what you're seeing, and then you get excited, you tell them a little bit more, this is like the fourth time in five days, and next thing you know, they're watching you. Be paranoid about it. I am. Hold on to your information. 
Keep your stories to yourself. If you've never reported anything, don't start now. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. That's why we do this show. You guys all trust us listening to us, and we're going to give you the proper information that's going to get out there. And right now, I cannot say that there is an app out there regarding UFOs that I would trust on my phone. And I hope you believe that, and I hope you use that to your advantage. That is your Dave 101 for tonight. Do me a favor. Down below, if you're on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment after the show and let me know what you think. Would you trust a UFO app? Are you going to get curious and try it on out? Are you going to get out there and say, hey, any little bit of information helps bring this subject to disclosure, even though there is no such thing as disclosure? It's all up to you. You're the one who gets to make the choice. And that is your Dave 101, and here's the news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pooh's News! Oh, we got some beauties for you tonight. A priest has claimed, and, and you know what? Oh, I've had this happen. A priest has claimed he was tortured by demons singing a Rihanna song in hell. Pastor Gerald Johnson from Michigan suffered a heart attack seven years ago, and he's convinced he briefly descended into hell where he got a glimpse of the fiery torment awaiting him, which involved horrifying renditions of the pop star's hit track Umbrella and Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Speaking in a video posted on TikTok, oh, we got to get this guy on the show. Yeah, he explained, my spirit left my physical body. I thought I was going upward because I thought that I had done so much good in this lifetime and had helped so many people and made so many decisions that were godly decisions. But as opposed to me going up, I went down. I went literally into the center of the earth. That's where hell is. And it just blew me away. It still baffles me to this day. Johnson added of the demonic music section, there was a section in hell where music was playing. It was the same music we hear on earth, but opposed to entertainers singing it, demons were singing it. While up here, you can listen to music to get over a breakup, like Don't Worry, Be Happy or Umbrella. But down there, every lyric to every song is to torment you. Johnson was resuscitated and says that when he traveled back up to earth from the depths of hell, and he says his, the vision means there must be a link between demons and pop music. He added, on earth, a lot of lyrics and music are inspired by demons, people coming into contact with demons who give them lyrics for the purpose of controlling people here on earth. Well, get your horns up for the guitar god, Mr. Ron Bubblefoot Thal himself. Little Brother is watching. It's our demonic song. Could you imagine, though, honestly, okay, those two songs I could see being tortured by. I totally could. But could you imagine having or dying and going to hell during Christmas time where all you hear is Mariah Carey? That could happen, people. 
according to the pastor here, that could happen. By God, if it's country music, Coldplay, and Mariah Carey for me, I'm a dead man in hell if that's where I'm going. Oh, oh, that just freaks me out. I need a good prayer now. All right. Miami-Dade police were greeted by a headless snake when they responded to a domestic dispute. Yep, the officers arrived in an apartment complex after reports of a couple arguing and heard a fight going on between a man and woman inside one of them. When multiple commands to open the door were ignored, police kicked it in, where they heard a woman scream and a man hid behind the door as they entered. Police attempted to arrest the man, but they allege he resisted and hit the officer in the face with an arm that was handcuffed and he was eventually put in leg restraints. The woman told the officers the man had bitten off the head of her pet ball python and police found the reptile and its detached head next to a door. Kevin Mayorga was arrested and initially charged with domestic violence, resisting an officer, false imprisonment, and animal cruelty. Who bites the head off a snake? Is this guy all voodoo or what? I'm not the one who's so far away. When I feel the snake bite enter my veins. Come on, Godsmack right there. Great song. Yeah, now I'm going to have to listen to that after the show. A St. Louis reporter who understandably doesn't think much of February has gone viral. Kevin Colleen of KMOX told viewers he thought February was the worst month of the year back in 2016. February is the worst month of the year, but it's an honest month. It's a month that doesn't hold up life any better than it really is. Colleen begins to peace. Standing at the top of a parking garage, he looks out at a bunch of dark industrial office buildings and says, something great happened here, but it's over with, and that's the way February is. Heading to the top of the garage, Colleen finds a broken green umbrella with a floral pink pattern stuffed inside a trash can. He warns that the expedition through February has become dire. Somebody had abandoned the umbrella like a desperate flinging of of something that isn't true anymore. Yes, February sucks. It really does. And finally tonight, I don't know where to take this one. I'm going to leave this one up to you guys. A former Tennessee police officer has been fired for having sex with several co-workers and admitted she was on the verge of a divorce which caused her to crack. Megan Hall, just 26 years old, who previously worked at the Lavernia Police Department in Lavernia, Tennessee, spilled out the beans about multiple sex romps she had with other officers and why things were spiraling out of control. Me and my husband were on kind of the verge of a divorce, and I just cracked, and then it just kind of got out of hand, she said to Human Resources. I got stupid, I got desperate, I guess, and guys are guys, and they'll stick their wieners in anything. I added wieners. Hall's remarks were about her affairs with fellow former officers like Sergeant Lewis Powell, with whom she had sex a lot with. His wife just doesn't want him to have sex with him. And that's the reason why. Yeah. Well, she's fired. Don't have a job. And there's a big investigation going on right now. No word what her husband thinks as of yet. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself, 
Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, LinkedIn, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, bring him on down, because we got room for them, too. Good night. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at easternshipbuilding.com. At Eastern Shipbuilding, it's more than a job. It's a career.